And today, I want to preach to you and share with you along the subject, I don't want to remember. And I believe there are a lot of folks, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but different things in our past point to we really don't want to remember. And we don't want to remember those who fought for our freedom. We really don't want to remember the campaigns. We want to forget everything. You know, I got a kind of dual thing going on here because I still hadn't gotten over revival yet, and I hope I never will. But it was sure cool every evening to see those that showed up. You know, after, and it's understandable, after worship in the 11 o'clock hour, y'all, choo, many of you don't want to stand in line, and that's fine. I, you know, I don't have to shake your hand if you don't want to shake mine. You want to get to the restaurant, go get you something to eat. I got all that. But beginning Sunday night to Wednesday night, people didn't leave after the meeting. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen go on around here. We stayed around, fellowship, talk, centered in on our lives spiritually. And uh, had that and I thought about, man, I wish I could get everybody that's on the roll of Solid Rock Baptist Church to have shown up. To, it, I, of course, I, I was here, all of them, and was glad to be here, all of them. But I, I don't know what it is that, that it takes for that to happen. But golly, I can't get everybody here on Sunday morning either. So I'm not going to harp on that, but I, I do want you to know you missed something that only, if you weren't here, only God was able to show up, and he worked, and he showed out in some of your lives, and he spoke to you. Well, <clears throat> be praying, because I'm going to bring this group back in 12 to 18 months, and we're going to be looking at more than three days. We're going to be looking from Sunday to Sunday. So it's going to be a little bit more extension, a little bit more involvement, and I hope that you will that you will back and understand that you missed something, that you'll get involved in that. But according to the Bible, in James chapter 1, what I believe happens every Sunday, and I believe that there were some, even during the revival, this happened to, and it happens to you. James 1, through 24 says, And remember, it's a message, God's message, God's word to obey. Not just to listen to, If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. He says it's just like, for if you just listen to the Word of God, verse 23, and and don't obey, it's like coming to a mirror. Now, pretty much everybody in here looks like this morning that one of your rituals, it's mine, is that we get up after we take a shower, and what do you do? The ritual at my house for Mike Franklin is once he's taken a shower, I want to see the damage. So I go to the mirror, and I look into the mirror, and I see, all, I see things that I don't like. I see age spots on this face, trying to figure out how in the world could I rent me one of them laser machines and get, get rid of some of them age spots. You know, they didn't tell me that when I was laying out as a teenager on Daytona Beach, thinking that I was being Mr. Cool Dude Stud, 
get me a dark tan and spray and sun in. Y'all remember that? That's, that, that predates you. On your hair so your hair turned blonde. Now you just hope it don't turn loose. <laughs> they didn't say anything about that sun damage when I was framing houses and I'd take off my shirt and get blistered and burnt until now. And then when you go to the dermatologist, here's what they say. That's damage of you being in the sun. I said, why did you wait so long to tell me that? You see, this verse says, for you and I to listen to God's word and don't obey, it's like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to prove or to improve the appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking, verse 25, James 1, steadily into God's perfect law, the Bible, the law sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. For you that showed up revival, some of you were taken to the threshold. I mean, you were on the line of experiencing personal revival. Many of you did for yourself. But you didn't do it if you didn't obey. Now, it's okay to, to, to come down the altar and admit that you're a lie, you lied or you stole or you did something stupid. Or, and, and it's okay to do all that, and you should. God, forgive me. And and you get everything right. But if you only get what's right on the outside and the inside has not right, didn't do any good. And it still hadn't dealt with. John 18. I was listening to James Merritt, I think it was last Sunday. Or Sunday before. And he was preaching on the truth. And he said, why did Jesus come to this earth? Well, you know what my traditional mind is? Well, he came to pay the sin debt, right? Yes. He come so that you and I could receive eternal life. Well, did you know Jesus said and actually with his own mouth and was recorded why he came? You'll find that verse in John 18, 37. It says this, Jesus said, I was born, and he was talking to Judas, or Pilate, excuse me. Jesus said, I was born for that, for this purpose. I came to bring truth to the world. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Now, God says, actually, all throughout the word, don't be a drunkard. But if I grow up and be a drunkard, am I being obedient? Well, no. And I'm not obedient until I do what? Stop drinking. Now, you can take the Bible and go through all the thou shall nots. And everything that God says, please, I warn you, if you do this, there's going to be a consequence. 
And if you do it, it's disobedient. If you don't, you're being obedient and obeying what Jesus said. And you see, John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth. Who, who is the truth? Of course, Jesus. And Jesus is the word, and it's the truth that sets you free. See, it's, your, it's not just the truth that sets you free. It's your obedience to the truth. You can have the Bible and carry it around under your arm and disobey, and that's not going to bring you freedom. Freedom only comes when you and I obey what it, whatever it is that you and I find ourselves being convicted of all the time. Let me tell you something what the Holy Spirit is good at. If you want to know if you're truly saved, you can't sin without the Holy Spirit convicting you of that. Now, you can get to the point to where you say no so long, and that voice is not as loud as it was when you first violated Scripture. If you continue to, to just, uh, explain it, or you tend to excuse it, or, or try to psychologically say, well, it's not that bad, because after all, this is the what I mean, you'll get to where the Holy Spirit seems distant. And the only way you're ever going to come back with the assurance of the power of God in your life is you got to repent. Well, that sort of lays somewhat of the foundation of what I felt like the Lord was doing with us during revival. But there's another thing, and today is what kind of day? What is today? It's the day before Memorial Day. Until, or at least tomorrow is when we, you're off and... And you celebrate. Well, what is Memorial Day? Memorial Day is a holiday set aside to remember certain events, certain people in history. We especially remember those who have died, those close to us, whether it be our parents or our grandparents, whether it be our children or our loved ones. We also remember those who were taken in war and tragic events. On September the 11th, all of us pretty much in this generation have etched in our mind the 3,000 men and women, boys and girls who were taken by evil men who flew planes into the Twin Towers in New York. I can remember still the day where I was. I was on this campus when I was watching it happen. Richard Culpepper and I was out. He was out and we were in my trailer watching it on the TV. And seeing that evil event take place. If we had been here many, many years ago when the millions of Jews died at Holocaust. It will be etched in our brains and in our minds. So many people were evilly killed. You see, when we remember, we remember our loved ones, we remember our, the, our soldier heroes, those who fought for our freedom, and we remember the saints, those Christians who fought for our spiritual freedom. You know what? I, I don't think anything makes me any more proud than to see military men and women dressed in uniform, and uh, it, it, when I hear or of an events or, or watch them when the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels fly over, man, that just gives me cold chills to hear those, those jets just scream over the crowd. It makes me proud. Well, preacher, you know you're not supposed to be prideful. Well, I'm proud of Jesus, and I'm 
Even when they don't obey their parents, I'm proud of my grandkids. I'm proud of my boys and my daughter-in-laws, even when they don't listen to me. I love them and I'm proud of them. You know what? We've got people dying all over this world who are fighting for your freedom. And you know what? What blows me away, they even fight for the fact that you can be against America. Now, I'm going to tell you something that chaps my hide and, and, and it gets me ill. And, and that is, I'm sick and tired of flag burners. I'm sick and tired of seeing anti-war protesters going on. And to me, I think what we need to do, those that want to dishonor our nation and our military, we need to box them up and ship them to Cuba, China, Japan, North Korea, even Haiti, uh, Honduras, if we have to, Mexico. Why? Because the flags that fly there do not flag with the, fly with the same freedom that you and I are blessed with. And yet, we just, the military, they fight even for the freedom for idiots to be against all that. And so we have to say, and they do. They're glad to do it. But you know something? I don't have any patience for those who hide and dislike and their disdain of America under the banner of the freedom of speech. I do not believe our founding fathers had the flag burning in mind when they wrote the First Amendment to the Constitution. I believe those are an embarrassment to me that hate America and those who stand against everything freedom represents. Our heroes and men and women of char- our character, and they've sacrificed, and they do sacrifice on our behalf. And we ought to be proud of our military. And we ought to be proud of our armed forces, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, because we owe a debt of gratitude to what they've done and what they do. And yet we still find people. They don't care anything about us. One of the most famous photographs ever taken is the picture of the United States Marines raising the American flag over Hiroshima. Howard Joe, how do you pronounce that? Do you know it's spelled I-W-O? I thought that was misspelled when I read that, and I Googled it. Well, anyway, on February the 23rd, 1945, approximately 10.20 a.m., the flag was hoisted on a steel pipe above the island, the site of all small American, the site of the small American flag flying from atop of Mount, I think it's Sirabachi, thrilled all men over the island. And for the first time during World War II, American flag was flying above what was considered a tra- traditional Japanese territory. This symbol of victory sent a wave of strength to the battle-weary fighting men below and struck a further mental blow against the island of defenders of Japan. You see, that was a strong island that had land 
uh, airplane sites and, and, and land fields where, or, or playing fields where they were flying and they were bombing or, or attacking our bombers where we couldn't get to our targets. And that's why that, that was a strategic point. But you know what? When men are fighting for a cause, it seems like nothing detours them. What to God that more Christians would need to would see the need to fight for the cause of Jesus and the church and families and communities and fighting for one another. But instead, we are tearing ourselves apart and ripping ourselves apart within our own country. Paul told young Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You know why the reason that we see so few now, we see the Christian life diminishing, Christian spiritual truths and and values diminishing is because people are spiritually lazy. We come up with all these excuses. We're slothful, we're idle, we're immobile, we're inactive. And whatever terms describe it, it's just plain laziness. I got news for you. If you heard during, on Wednesday night when I've been doing the Bible studies of Tony Evans before the judgment seat of Christ, you will answer for your spiritual laziness. It's coming in a full-blown interview between you and Jesus, if you're a believer. It ain't going to matter if you're not. You see, believers are the ones responsible for carrying the banner of, great, of the Great Commission. The poor spiritual condition of the world today is a testimony of the fact that the average Christian doesn't have a burning desire to help advance the gospel. We don't care anymore. We don't care, people, whether they get saved or not. All we want to do is be theologically correct. Well, let me just tell you something. If it's theologically correct that I take this flag and demote it or demoralize it or burn it, then I'm also going to burn this one over here, ladies and gentlemen. Because I don't worship either one of them. But I stand honored under the cross of Jesus and what he done for you and me. I don't worship the cross. I worship Jesus. I don't worship the flag that bears the symbol of the Christian walk. I, I worship a person who died on that cross for you and me to set us free. Because he gave his blood. And he died a perfect sacrifice, perfect individual, sinless, so that you could be saved. I don't know why it is, but I don't worship the Christmas tree. I don't worship a Coca-Cola can. I don't worship Clorox, but I use every one of them. We live in a country where we're tangent-driven. We'll jump on the most stupid thing and let the big thing slide. What is the big thing? Whether or not you're obeying God in your life as a believer or not. 
I talked to somebody real close to me. You gotta be careful now. But this person I love very much. But this person's hooked on meth. And this person's done burn every bridge they possibly can except my phone now. This individual is hearing vo- voices in a courtroom in above, above Gainesville of me and my brother talking. And yet this person thinks that their, that their sanity is not in jeopardy. Now, to my knowledge, we have not developed technology to the point where if me and my son are talking, somebody can hear me on my phone or I can hear dual conversations going on somewhere else. The problem with this individual is she's on Adderall and mixed with a mind-altering drug called something like Zoloft. Something that causes you to supposedly calm yourself down along with pain medication and antibiotics. When you mix all that junk together, ask Jeff. Ask Dwayne. You got a, you got a recipe going on for one big mess. I, I, I said, I, I'm telling this person I love very much. I said, you know what I'm going to tell you? You need to, that Adderall ain't much different than taking your meth. It is not. Well, let me tell you what I have learned. Until you get to where you want to hear truth and obey truth, you're not going to get free of nothing. You're going to stay bound in sin. To delay obedience is to disobey. You see, obedience is doing exactly what I'm told when I'm told to do it with a right heart attitude. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings conflict. Coming up as a child, I wasn't a sinless boy. And I used to do things that wasn't very, I'm going to be careful not to bring this stuff out, but I'll put it this way. Another neighbor got caught with something I was doing quite frequently, and he went to jail. Now, why didn't I go to jail? I should have went to jail. And I fell into conviction about it, and I went and confessed all of that to my mama. Well, it embarrassed her, and she didn't know what to do about it. Needless to say, if we're not willing to obey when we have disobeyed, and we're not willing to repent, and we're not willing to become transparent, and we want to hide it, my friend, you're going to be one miserable turkey the rest of your life. Because the freedom that we can have as expressed in Scripture about truth is when we stand and say, I did this, and I'm wrong, and I want to make it right. And until you make it right, 
you will stay in bondage the rest of your life. What is the greatest single thing that God desires from all of his children? What's the greatest thing you desire of your children? Obey you. Obedience. If you ask a child to do something and they don't do it, what do you want to do? You want to beat the living tar out of them, don't you? We're living in a different day. You have to be careful what you use. You know, I, I train, I'm training and, I, and I'm learning how to use a shock collar with my bird dogs. And when I first had those dogs, they wouldn't listen to nothing. Those dogs would run wide open. And I'd say, come on. Well, they run the opposite way. Well, I didn't have ropes on them. So I have a, he's a friend, but he's also a professional dog trainer in Rutledge, Georgia. When those dogs got old enough, that's where they went. And there was a many a times in the back of my mind thought, if I'd have had something like that when I was, my kids were small. <laughs> now I'd probably be in jail. But it works on dogs. Some of you getting frustrated. You can laugh all you want to, but you don't know what to do. And if you had one could get by with it, you'd probably use it. But it'll make a dog behave. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There's a couple of things I want to mention. First of all, number one, assurance depends on our obedience. We're going to flip to 1 John now, chapter 2, verse 5. But those who obey God's word really do love him. That is the way we know whether or not we live in him and he lives in us. You say, how do we know that? If you obey. You know what? If I say to my dad, dad, I love you. But then if I had taken a shotgun, went and shot the windows out. And he said, boy, put that gun down. And then I just shot it again. You think I'm proving to him I love him? No, and he's going to show me how much he loves me when he gets that gun away from me, too. You see, when my dad came up, if he said, son, go mow the yard. Woo, I didn't argue about it. It was better to mow the yard than face the consequences. As a matter of fact, it's more fun. At least I could walk behind the mower. You know what I mean, right? First John 2, 4 says, For if someone says, I belong to God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and does not live in the truth. Scripture says, now look, if you say you belong to God and you love God, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to obey God. You're going to do what he tells you to do. When he says to do it. Where he says to do it. The way he wants you to do it. Why? Because of love. 
for him. Obedience is not doing anything for God. It's doing the right thing for God. Obedience is doing what God wants you to do. When and where and the way. You say, well, how do I know that Jesus lives within me? How do I know that I'm in Jesus? One of the greatest tests is found in the fact of how willing you are to obey. Keeping his commands are important. On the walls of a medieval castle were written these words. You call me master and obey me not. You call me light and see me not. You call me way and walk me not. You call me life and desire me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich, but you ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me mighty and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. Why? Not his fault. He's done his part. And he's actively seeking to fulfill who he is in the believers that are truly born again on the inside. Not only for you and I to have assurance, Matthew 7, 21 says that those who enter heaven are those who doeth the will of the Father. What does that mean? Those who obey your heavenly Father. Second of all, our attitude depends on our obedience. In the King James Version, whoso keepeth his word. And I said, God measures obedience not just outwardly, but inwardly. A man and his son got in an argument, and it didn't get too good too quick. And so the son, he said, son, sit down right here. Y'all ever done your kids that way? You just sit down right here. Well, he walks away, and he comes back, and he sees his son is stewing. He's mad. He said, son, what's up? He said, dad. I'm doing what you told me to do outwardly. I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. Don't we kind of do that sometimes? In our minds, our attitude, who we are. Why do we want to obey God? Because you love the Father. You love Jesus. And you don't want to hurt people you love, do you? Anybody in here just wants to hurt somebody you love? We don't do that. When Peter was addressed by Jesus, Peter said, or Jesus said unto Peter in John 21, Do you love me, Peter? What did Peter say? Lord, you know I love you. And then he said, what did he say? Go feed my sheep. 
And let me, let me remind you what Jesus didn't say. Peter, go feed my sheep. Peter, do you love my sheep? Jesus didn't ask one time that question. A second time he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Jesus, you know I love you. Then go feed my sheep. What was Jesus saying? You and I are not going to be concerned about people getting saved, about about you serving. You're not going to get even all excited about obedience. You're not going to get all excited about being spirit-filled. You're not even going to get excited about a revival or, or anything else. Bible study, you're wasting your time if you don't love Jesus. Peter, do you love me? If you do, then serve me. Obey me. Do what I ask you to do. A man walked into church. He walked into church. It was fussing and fighting. I've been in a few of those. It's embarrassing. I don't know if you've ever been on a Sunday morning in a feud, but I, I can remember as a teenager. Ain't no fun. Any feuding goes on around here, automatically the doors are, are, are the service is over and we go home. Done. You don't, to me, we ain't going to do that. God didn't call me to referee. (laughs) He called me to preach the gospel. Well, the man sat there as long as he could handle it. So he got up and walked out. On the way out, one of the ushers said, hey, man, why are you leaving? He looked back in the church. He looked outside. He said, man, I can find this out there. Let me tell you something. God is expecting us because to to whom much is given, much is required. When it comes in the church, or you open your mouth and you say you're a believer and there's no love flowing from you, John calls you a liar. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes in here, I don't give a rip if it's somebody you don't like what you see. It don't matter. As long as they ain't carrying a gun and hurting anybody, they're free to be in here. And if I ever hear of anybody running somebody off of this campus because they don't look right or they don't smell right or they don't act right, I'll kick your tail out of here. Because I don't care what you say or you think. I'm about to retire in a few years. (laughs) You 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 think that's funny, buddy, but on Bethlehem First Baptist... The big B in Barrow County on a, on a vacation Bible school night. 
a lady came up with shorts on. And all she wanted to do is go in church. And one of my more spiritual deacons said, ma'am, you'll have to go home and change. Oh, gosh. I wanted to kill it. Now, I don't wear shorts hardly ever. You would need psychological counseling if you saw the beauty of my legs. You just need that. I hide them from myself. If I could wear long johns in the shower, I would. I'm that bow-legged. But ladies and gentlemen, if love is not in the house, now I'm not talking about if all y'all showed up nude that we're done. <laughs> we're done. Go to a nudist colony. That's not here. You laugh about that, but I've run into some nudists through my years. Counsel. Wanted me to do the wedding naked. I said, I'm done. I'm done. I, honestly, I, there, I, got, I, I could write a book, and it, I couldn't let anybody read it because somebody would shoot me. All I'd be doing is telling the truth. Are you obeying Jesus? With your heads bowed, eyes